You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks. And I'm here joined by uh, my two co-hosts. Um, we're doing this through uh, old school, well, new school, quarantine style, through Zoom. I'm joined by Kyle McLaren and Dylan. Dylan, how are you doing? And we're just we're just getting with the times, right? Uh, yeah. A good example for the people. So we're, we're exercising, social distancing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. So if there's any uh, if there's any glitches, we'll just blame it on the Zoom folks. So uh, bear with us. <laughs> just like the Rangers, we're gonna blame it on Zoom, right? Exactly. Kyle, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Just hanging out in uh, Northern California, hunkering down. Nice little rainstorm going on right now, but uh, there's always some going on TV. I watched uh, what's that? E NASCAR today. You guys ever watch that stuff? Because you know what? It's a video game. That I mean, major sports players are playing it, but again, it's on TV and it actually is entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of uh, different sports are kind of getting more into the esports thing right now. I mean, I guess it's a perfect time to do it, right? It's a good way to engage fans as well. They can kind of jump in and play with their uh, their favorite players. I haven't seen the E uh, NASCAR. That sounds pretty interesting, though. Yeah, no, I haven't yeah, seen you know that one. I'm I'm, wait, I'm waiting for hockey to come up with something. Basketball came out with something Friday. Uh, a few players, I think one player per team or something like that. But I can't wait for hockey to maybe start something else before the actual game started happening. Man, I hate to say it, but it seems like the NHL is always a little bit slower when it comes into, uh, you know, putting things like that into play. You know, it, it's, 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 it can't be easy to do because who's going to play? What player is going to play? But again, it's, it's, they're kind of behind the times on, I mean, NASCAR. And who would have thought that there's, I mean, if you watch it, they actually looks like they're sitting in a car in a cockpit and, and driving. It looks real and it looks amazing, but it's, I mean, something I, I, I actually in a pool for NASCAR racing, but again, it's, this is something that is entertaining at least. There's something else on TV besides the news. So uh, Thomas, what have you been watching lately? What's, what's on your Netflix uh, playlist? Man, I, after, after Tiger King, I've been struggling to find, <laughs> like I've, I've been struggling to find that new hit since then, man. I, Kyle, I, have, tell, Kyle, please tell me you've watched Tiger King. You have to. You I've, have watched, to. I've watched Tiger King. I'm on, uh, I watched The Stranger, and now I'm on The Outsider. I think it's called The Outsiders. I've heard that one's a good one, The Outsiders. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, it's intense. There's the, the Strangers, which I thought was actually The Outsiders, but it, I watched it uh, not on purpose, but just kind of by accident, and those both shows are pretty good. Yeah, I want to I, I wanna check out Ozarks, too. I've heard that's on the yes. Ozark. Yes, that's another. Solid. Jason Jason Bateman's a pretty good actor on both uh, The Outsiders and uh, in Ozarks. Those are ones that I definitely recommend. But guys, I think we can all sit here and agree that Carol Baskin fucking fed her <laughs> husband. <to the> yeah. <laughs> she killed her husband. <laughs> you guys got to start the intro with her intro. Hey, cats and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, she's something else. Like, there's, I don't know. This, the first time I saw her, I just looked into those eyes. 
And I was like, something's wrong here. There is something wrong. This woman has done something. It's the way she walks through the parks, like she, like her own park. It, it's so weird, man. It's just such a bizarre, the whole situation is just fucked up. It's, been, it's nuts. I, I, shook, I shook my head the whole time watching it. But again, is you can't take your eyes off the Literally. TV because it's like, what's going to happen next? It's nuts. No, I found yes. myself, I was up at like three, four o'clock in the morning. I had to work the next day, but I just couldn't stop, you know. I mean, the hangers <laughs> were just too appetizing. Who'd have thought, Dylan, you'd be up at 3 a.m. watching a gay zookeeper fucking <laughs> yeah. lure young guys with meth and have a bunch of tigers, man. Oh, that's and they, what... were, they were straight, too. That, that's, I know. That's, it's so weird. And it's like, like, you look at this guy. He doesn't look like a man rocket or anything. Like, this guy <laughs> isn't pulling guys left, right, and center. But somehow we got them. I, I mean, I guess the meth helped a little bit. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You're in luck too because aren't they coming out with a new uh, one more episode next week or something? Are they actually? Oh my god, that's yeah. Uh, I read that today. They're coming out with one more episode on Netflix. Oh, I, I don't mean, know what it's going to be about. I can't. I can't see how this is going to get crazier. But I just. I have a feeling it still could. You know, <laughs> it could be an ongoing thing. Well, I mean, it's yes. like the most popular show in the world right now. So I guess yeah. they might as well jump on it, right? Squeeze yeah. another yeah. episode out of it. Why not? exactly it's entertaining it's entertaining i'll tell you that but again it's is it i just shake my head going how is there people out there like that but there actually is yeah no it's crazy how many tigers are actually out there in the states i, I would have never thought that i thought maybe you know a handful of zoos got to have a large amount of tigers but the fact that there's i don't know how many tiger farms they showed they showed on the map at one point there's like 500 different spots where they're keeping tigers i mean more tigers, more tigers in captivity in the States than there are in the rest of the world in the wild, which is just absolutely, that's just crazy, right? Wow. Unbelievable. What, one, last, one last tiger thought, uh, tiger <laughs> thought here. You know, it just kind of baffled me the whole time watching that show. Everyone's ripping on this Joe Exotic guy, and he's, he's nuts, don't get me wrong, for keeping these tigers in captivity. But this Carol Baskin woman, right? I, I sound like the guy, Carol Baskin. But anyways, <laughs> her, her farm or her sanctuary or whatever she calls it is really essentially the exact same thing that the other guys were doing. So I actually, I actually don't know the difference between her and, and the other guys that are keeping tigers. Yeah, I mean, she says it's because they don't let – she doesn't let anyone touch them and that they don't get like – she doesn't have any cubs and sells them. She just feeds her husband to them. Literally, right? It's just feed, keeps them in tiny cages and feeds their husband to them. But hey, you can't touch them. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's insane. It, I mean, that's all it is. My, uh, my girl actually told me to shut it off after the like after the first episode, and then the next day I was reading more about it and seeing more on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna battle through this. Let's see what it's all about. And after we were done, we both looked at each other. And goes. What did we watch? But it, again, it's it's like wow. I mean, you never. I mean, I never know there's that many tigers. You always think they're in the zoo, and that's it. But no, not in Florida. What is it, Oklahoma? Not in the freaking deep south. But who would have guessed? I mean, I would have never. I would have never watched a show like that if it wasn't like produced the way it was. And I actually can't wait for the next show to come up because you're like, all right, what the fuck's gonna happen next? Yeah, one of the craziest parts to me was that guy making the documentary. Like, he, he got all of that footage. Like, he got it like the – like, he was there the whole time, right? They got so much good footage out of that thing. I don't know how long it took him to, to produce that, but, yeah, I agree. It was, it was really well done. 
Um, it makes you shake your head and kind of wonder about the state of the country after watching some people like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it really does. So shall we uh, move on to some uh, hockey talk here, fellas? Yeah, uh, get into it. But if, before we move on, uh, remember, you can follow myself at producer score under P-E-E on Twitter. You can also follow this show. Again, bud. What? Every week, every week you screw up your Twitter handle. I said app? Did I screw it up? You said producer score underscore. Oh, man. You know what? It's, it's, it's the quarantine bud lights. They're flowing. What can <laughs> okay, <I say>? okay. <laughs> you can also follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. Dylan Worthy, can they follow you? You can follow myself at D-Y-L underscore T-H-P-N. Kyle, do you remember your uh, handle better than me, I guess? McLaren uh, underscore K. There we go. Awesome. So, uh, I know we've had some fun here at the start of the call, but uh, unfortunately we do have to talk about some negative news that happened um, recently in the NHL. Kyle, I know that you've had some strong thoughts about this. Uh, do you want to kind of lead it away what happened uh, regarding Keandre Miller, uh, the Rangers prospect, and the Zoom call? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I've, I've, I came in the league at 95 and played with Anson Carter, played, I mean, with a, a ton of different ethnicities. And, I mean, seeing something like that nowadays in 2020, it, there's no room for it, no matter what sport it is, no matter what walk of life it is. And, you know, I posted something on Twitter, and I got to apologize because I kept it on there too long. And I watched people comment on it, and, and you can see what people are writing, and they got hacked or whatever it is. Again, I, I'm all new to this whole Internet thing. So, but it's, you know what, the NHL is going to welcome him. We, we want young, good players, no matter what ethnicity they are. And it's just, it's disrespectful to him, disrespectful to any other player of, of color, for sure. Um, coming up in the league. And this kid, I'm sure he's had to deal with it at certain points in his life, uh, unfortunately. But right now, is, it's not the time to do it. And I just – I feel bad for him. He's an up-and-coming. He's a first-round draft pick. Uh, and, again, I don't follow the Rangers to a T, but I still follow the Rangers. But, again, it's, it's seeing that, it just it, – it breaks your heart. I mean, it's, it's something that a kid of, of his age and the way the world's moving now – I don't think anybody should deal with that at all, no matter what age they are, what time it is. I think we've gotten past that, but it seems like, you know what? There's some crackheads. I want to say crackheads, but you know what? I, I feel bad for him. I, that's all I do. It, it's just, it, it shouldn't happen no matter who you are in any walk of life, no matter if it's the NHL or, or even walking on the street. Nobody should have to deal with this crap. And from what I've seen, this, this kid is a really good, like, a nice kid. I, from what I've just seen from, you know, the people commenting, some of his, like, his old teammates I saw, yep. it, it's, it's, it's just horrible to see this. Yep. You know, like you said, you don't even, like, we don't follow the Rangers, but, you know, the, just, it, can't, it can't be happening in the NHL. It can't happen in any job where yep. your ethnicity is brought up like that. And, such a, and it was just so uncalled for and necessary, right? And um, I, I honestly couldn't believe it when I saw it. You know, 2020, we're in a state of the world where we're all supposed to be kind of banding, banding together as, as, you know, as this pandemic's going on. And there's people out there causing and spreading hate like this to a young, you know, just a young man. It's, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, you know, and I really fell for him. He had to, you know, you could see on his face he's reading these messages come through and he had to still sit there on the Zoom call and answer questions from these fans like nothing's going on. So 
yeah, it's just, it's just really unfortunate to see. I, I hope they catch the guy that did this. I actually heard uh, that the FBI has actually gotten involved because if you look at the messages that the guy's uh, sending out, it says it's from FBI or, or something like that. So that kind of prompted them to get involved. Uh, but, you know, if, I think if there's one uh, positive spin to take out of this, all the support that Condre Miller's gotten from the entire hockey world after this has been pretty amazing. Everyone's kind of stood up and, and supported this kid through this uh, through this tough time. Yeah, you know, and the NHL is uh, pretty welcoming no matter who it is as long as you can play the game. And that's why it always goes, is if you can play, you can play. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole mantra of the whole thing. And it doesn't matter what ethnicity you're from. If you can play, again, it's like I said, I played against George LaRock. I played against, uh, I played with Anson Carter. I mean, if they can play, and they can help your team, and they can help the NHL uh, kind of grow, that's what I want to see as a player. I don't want to see the hatred among fans or, or some hacker. And even, I mean, after this, is I don't think we should talk about it. I mean, it's, it's I don't want to give anybody like the hacker or whoever it was any more publicity than he deserves. But people should be aware of this because it still happens in this day, which you know, all three of us can say it shouldn't happen anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with that point. And, you know, I, at one point I, I retweeted what was going on, uh, but I heard from a couple people saying like, hey, you know what, it's actually probably a better idea to take that down. We don't really need to see this on our feed. And I, I kind of agreed with them. I didn't really think about it at yeah. first. Uh, so I took it down and I agree. We don't need to give this guy any more airtime than he deserves. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a hard line to, to kind of tiptoe where you're kind of trying to bring light to, you know, a, a really negative thing and that, you know, this is still going on in the world and it shouldn't be, but you also don't want to be giving that person the extra media attention yeah. or anything like that. So it's a, it's a really fine line to, to walk, which is, it's kind of difficult sometimes, but uh, you know, I think it's, it's fair to say we're all um, in support of Keandre Miller at this time and, and anyone who's been through a situation yeah. like that. I and mean, it just has no place in our society. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, on a hockey side, I'm excited to see this kid play though. He's a oh, yeah. player. He's, you know, he's a, he's a physical guy out there. He's going to be pretty exciting to watch for the New York Rangers uh, for many years to come. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I mean, he's a, he's a big kid that can skate, play, and you know, a first a first round draft pick. That's that's no joke. You know what I mean? And again, it's, it's going to take some time maybe to develop, but he's just like the rest of them. It's it's just you, you take the time, you play the game. But again, from what I've seen so far, he's going to be hell of a Ranger. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, seeing him back on the ice, I mean, President Trump today, he held a, no, was it Saturday, sorry, he held a meeting with all the sports commissioners in, the Amer in America, basically um, trying to discuss when we'll get back on the ice, when we'll get back people back in the arena. And uh, Dylan, they, they, he basically was kind of optimistic and pushing towards August, September. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that's very optimistic. I mean, I, I don't know if this is all going to be over by August and, and September, and especially, you know, gathering, you know, 15, 20,000 people in a stadium. That's a whole different ballpark than just kind of eliminating the social distance thing. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know if people are going to be comfortable getting into a large crowd like this, uh, like that after this whole epidemic. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's a tough call, but I think he's being very, very optimistic by saying that. And I, I just don't see it happening, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, you know what? The government here in California have already, uh, have already stated, uh, Newsom, said that he doesn't see it happening. I mean, he just doesn't see it by August happening as sports. So it's, it, it's very optimistic. But at some point, 
I hope we get back to reality and, and 20,000 people in the stands. I just don't see it as of today that it's going to be gone in two weeks. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, there's going to be another surge or whatever, but I mean, I want to see it. But I mean, everything it doesn't matter to me if it's hockey or football or, or baseball or basketball. There's so many things in peril right now that who knows what's going to happen. And I mean, again, it's, the players are at risk, even though if there's no fans in the crowd. I don't think you're going to get back to normal. Uh, I mean, I hope we do eventually by the end of the year, because you know what? People are going to go stir crazy as well, but I think it's best for the nation right now, or even Canada's to kind of just hunker down. And so we can get rid of this and then come back to normal. Hopefully, eventually, I mean, everyone has to, everyone's going to get back to work somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big thing is to not rush it. I mean, what if, what if we rush this, we think everything's all kind of under control, then a second wave of it comes through, and now, now you got these, you know, stadiums full of people, and then, you know, you're infecting tens of thousands of people at one shot. You know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, you know, a couple years if that happens uh, to try and recover from it. So I think, you know, I, I agree with you, Kyle. We need to just hunker down right now, uh, deal with it as it comes. Sports will come back when it's ready. I mean, I think we can all agree we want to see sports, but at the end of the day, we all need to stay healthy. We all need to be alive. That's the most important part. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it, it, I also I, – I know that maybe they, they were talking about getting the season going before, like, with behind closed doors. But, like, like, like we've already mentioned, player health is still an issue. And I, I know there's only been two senators that have said they've come out and, and been, uh, been tested, tested positive. I don't know if every team is coming out with true numbers on whether they've tested their players and so on and so forth. So I really, I, I think, again, like everyone said, it's super optimistic. We've got to uh, just hunker down. But I find it interesting what you said, Dylan, where even if, say, Trump goes ahead and says, okay, we're, we're all well and good, September's good to go, you know, there's going to be no, no second wave, like people think, right? Yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't think people are going to necessarily be comfortable just to jump right back into with 20,000 people, I see people going to the grocery store and like people are genuinely scared, right? Like no one wants to get close to anyone at all, which is fair. That's what we've been told. But I think doing that for, you know, several months, it'll have a genuine effect on, on our society. It'd be interesting to see how everything is, uh, falls out the other side of this. No, it's, it's starting to change the way people think. I mean, I, I've even caught myself, you know, watching TV and maybe it's a show from like two years ago and, guys come up give a big hug or a handshake and I kind of cringe I'm like ah but you know it's just kind of what we're in right now and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how long it takes for people to get back to you know normal interactions like that not not only you know going back to sporting events but you know the handshake I mean how long is the handshake going to be gone for just just little things like that that affect your everyday life yeah I had to go I had to go this morning and I was told by uh my mother-in-law <laughs> that and this the last this is basically the last day I can go out for a week because they're saying down here well, the next two weeks are kind of going to be the, the epicenter of the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? I better stock up on, you know, booze and liquor and food and, you know, just the essentials that I need. And I, but I'm like, you know what? I get it. Cause you know, I go out and now there's probably 80% of the, the population wearing masks and you know what? People don't want to get the other people sick, but, Right now is you don't even know if you're carrying it for a certain amount of days that you can actually affect somebody else. So, I mean, I, I, getting back to normal, there's going to be a getting back to the new normal, which I just don't see it happening 
in two weeks or, or the end of April or, or you mean end of May. But we all want to see it because we want to get back to kind of normalcy. We, we have to. Otherwise, it's just we're going to be hunkered down for a little bit. But again, it's, to me, it's I think we have to hunker down in order to kind of get ahead of this thing because we're always behind it. I mean, I watch the news in the morning and it feels like we're always behind a step or two. And to me, is we got to get caught up somehow. But again, it's, I mean, the testing and everything else is going on right now is, is lacking, especially in the States and California. But like I said, I want to get back to sports. I love sports. I love, you I mean, being out with people and going to the bars and shaking hands or hugging people. But like right now, to me, is not the time. No, it's, it's, it's definitely not. Um, but, and you know what? Coronavirus is definitely changing the way that uh, our society is acting. But Kyle, I got to ask you, you got Manscaped, uh, a nice little package. Has that been changing the way that you're shaving and the way that you're keeping yourself uh, trimmed there, Kyle? Absolutely. I just got it this past week. And you know what? That razor is amazing. I, I mean, again, as I didn't know much about it. But getting it and using it, I'm like, you know what? This is something besides a straight razor that I can use. And, I mean, it does the trick. And you mean, I love the lotion they come with, too. That, they, uh, that There's a toner and a lotion they come with. I got a bag and a freaking nice sweatshirt and some underwear. I mean, it's probably one of the best razors that I've used in a long time. Keep those walnuts nice and slick with the ball toner. I love it. And the ball toner. I <laughs> love the name of that stuff, too. Uh, I, I love their slogan, your balls will thank you. It's, uh, it's a good one. Look at it. Oh my God, my shirt. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and you know what? We actually have a great offer with Manscaped, folks. If you, you want to order yourself a lawnmower 3.0 or any other product from Manscaped, just use the promo code THPN at the checkout, and you will receive 20% off your next purchase and free shipping. That's a big one these days. You're going to want that stuff shipped right to your door. So you'll get free shipping with the promo code THPN. How are you? So get yourself some Manscaped, folks. Uh, so there actually is some Sharks talk for, uh, for a change. We haven't had, it feels like we haven't actually talked about the current Sharks team in a little while. Uh, Dylan, a couple of uh, signings. So we start with uh, John Leonard. Yeah, let's start with uh, John Leonard, forward from uh, UMass Amherst. He's actually a former uh, draft pick of the San Jose Sharks in 2018. Uh, Hobie Baker, finalist. You know, from what I've read of this guy, he's a pretty shifty forward. He's got a decent shot. I was actually watching some highlights today of, uh, you know, a couple games against Northeastern, which is a pretty good uh, team uh, in the States. And, yeah, this guy can dangle. And he's got a decent shot, like I said. You know, we just need to add more guys to the pipeline, and that's really what it comes down to. At the start of the year, our young guys really didn't step up, and that was one of the reasons that we signed Patrick Marlowe to that one-year contract was we didn't have any young guys to step in. I'm hoping, you know, John Leonard and the other guy that we got, they're a bit older, you know, they're 22, 23 years old. Maybe they'll, you know, be able to crack the lineup this year. Who knows? But uh, either way, we've uh, added a couple good pieces to our pipeline. Yeah, I mean, he's had 100, what is it, 105 points in 106 career games uh, with the Minutemen. So, I mean, he can score, he can, he can pass, he can get assists. So, to me, is uh, like you said, he's, he's not coming in at 18, he's coming in at 22, 23. And to me, that development, that the being a little bit older um, can help him out because, again, as when you're so much younger, you really don't know the game as well. Plus, he's got a college education. I mean, plus, 
he's experienced that whole college thing. And I mean, to me, it's, it'd be easier for him to come kind of, I wouldn't say step in right away, but I mean, it's, it's a pipeline that they need to get younger, to get better. And to me, he, uh, he adds that fit. So Kyle, do you think it's easier for guys to come in from college versus maybe juniors? You know, you get, you get those extra few years and you're also playing against guys that are a little bit older, maybe, you know, fully grown into their body. So you've played that physical game. So do you think that's kind of an advantage uh, for these? Well, I, mean, I, came, I came, I came in at 18, so I can't, I can't kind of do that, but I've seen players come in at 24, 25 and dominate. And to me, it's, it's a different direction because Canada is a lot different than the States. Mostly you go to college, you know, you play your uh, D1, D2, you may get drafted, you may not. And actually, I didn't even know he got drafted a, while, a couple of years ago. But again, signing a free agent like this, to me, uh, when, he, when he's played against older players and tougher players, I mean, when you're in juniors, you're playing against 16, 20-year-olds. He's playing against 24, 25-year-olds when he's at 20. So to me, that helps him a lot better with the physicality of the game and just understanding the game a little bit more. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in a, in a position where we're going into a bit of a rebuild here. And, I mean, filling in the roster and signing, you know, good, young, attacking prospects that, like you said, could potentially step in sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the perfect kind of signing for it right now. And it kind of leads to the other uh, signing we had going from the offense to the defense with uh, Brinson Pashnuk. Um, How's that for a name, by the way? Hell of a hockey name. <laughs> it is, right? Pashnuk and Brinson. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I've never, I've never heard of a Brinson before. That's a, that's an interesting one. Yeah, no, me neither. Brinson. How about you, Kyle? Ever heard of a Brinson? I've never heard of a Brinson. No, I no, not at all. We what, officially what nickname Brinny. Brinny. <laughs> Brinny. It's definitely Brinny. <laughs> Brinny. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Brinson. He was captain of the Sun Devils program for the last two years. Um, you know, he's a good point-producing DMEM, um, 37 uh, points in 36 games uh, last year. Uh, what Do you know much about these guys? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the way the league's going, right? You need defensemen that are mobile that can put the puck in the net. So I think this kind of goes along. Uh, you know, and also the way that the San Jose Sharks run their backhand, I think he's going to be a good fit. Um, you know, coached under Greg Powers. I mean, Greg Powers, you know, that guy runs a tight bench. You know, that guy doesn't let anything slide. So this guy's had a pretty good, uh, pretty good career at Arizona State. I'm really excited to see what this kid can do. Yeah, even if you go back to the Alberta Junior Hockey League, he had, what, uh, 95 points in 110 career games. And that's probably when he was 18 to 20 years old uh, playing the Alberta Junior League. So you know what, he's going to add to them. And I think with the Sharks not having a first-round pick this year, I mean, they're adding players that are maybe a little bit older but more experienced in their game instead of adding an 18-year-old where it's maybe need three to four years of development where these guys can maybe step in within a year or two or, or even sooner and add to their blue line, which to me is already depleted enough. Yeah, you know, and a defenseman that can put up a point a game yeah. Uh, you know, in the NCAA, that's that's not nothing. I mean, it's, it's not like a guy, you know, going into juniors putting up points. It's not necessarily easy as a defenseman to put up points, uh, you know, in, in university hockey in the States. So I think that kind of stands out to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there we go. A couple of shark sightings to talk about. So uh, I think we'll uh, head on over to uh, McLaren's mailbag. This is the main event. And a big check by Kyle McLaren. He needs some 
All right, folks, here we are. We're at McLaren's mailbag. We've got some Twitter questions to throw at our former NHLer, Kyle McLaren. Uh, Dylan, do you want to lead out the first one? Yeah, let's go with the first one. Uh, This guy's a huge fan of the show. He's called in a couple times on the open phone line. He has a couple questions for for Kyle here. So the first one is, would you want to keep Bob Bugner behind the bench? If so, would you want him to be the head coach or the assistant? That's a good question. You know, I I like Bob, uh, but I can't see him being a head coach. I, I can see him maybe an assistant. I think there's better qualified maybe even younger, talented, more players, um, even older players. I mean, I mean, we're older coaches, I should say. But I just don't see this group. I mean, he's, he's, he was here uh, when uh, DeBoer was here. He went to Florida and came back. To me, if they're moving forward and trying to get a little bit younger, I think they need an up-and-coming coach. And, again, I don't have a name for him. Or I don't know who it would be. But I think he'd be a good assistant. I just can't see him being a head coach moving forward. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, his record is really not much better than DeBoer's was this year when he took over. And to me, they need a new, whole new voice going on in that room right now because they're, they're leaning a different way of, of trying to get the, the Stanley Cup. And now they're just trying to compete to make the playoffs. Well, here's, here's <laughs> one thing I'm going to say to that. I mean, if, if the Sharks do go into somewhat of a rebuild – and, you know, we're not going to expect a lot of points from them in the next two, three years maybe. You know, if, if Bob Buchner is not your long-term guy, maybe you still keep him around for those two, three years just, just as a transition coach. And then at that point, you know, when the team started to turn the page, that's when you go and look for a more experienced guy that's going to lead your team to the playoffs. I have no answer for that. I just I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, to be honest with you, I just, you I mean, I, again, I like him. But I just, I mean, if you're going younger now, like is Soren coming back next year? I don't think Marlowe's coming back next year. I know I'm sure they'd like to, but this team has to get younger. And, and to me, they have to make a change at some point or somewhere. And to me, it's, it's the head coach. I know they did it when they got Boogner or they basically put him in intern. I just, I want to see something different. I just want to see a change somewhere. And it could be the coach because you know it's not going to be the GM. And, I mean, player-wise, is who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of unfortunate that we got rid of uh, Pete DeBoer. I mean, I think he was a damn good coach, and I think the team was just playing poorly. I think I think if we waited it out a little bit, we would have been a lot happier with uh, with the results. But let's move on to another question um, from at MasonJM777. He wants to know if Brandon Holpe went to free agency, do you think he would be a good fit for the San Jose Sharks? Well, uh, this way, I'd rather take uh, Carey Price if we can get him. Uh, if we can get him, who knows if we can get him. But if you're going for goalies and not giving up much, to me, is, is, is reach for the top. I mean, we need, we need better goaltending. Goaltending makes defense, uh, which starts the offense. But, and again, it wins the Cups. Defense and goaltending win uh, the Cup. And to me, is we need some, we need a change in the back or these guys, these players now between Dell and Jones to get better because I don't see anything in the farm system coming up. But again, it's scary price is getting older now, so is Holtby. But I just don't see. It, to me, it's 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 still it's almost like getting Jones all over again. He's, he's a little bit older. Sure, he's a great goalie, but I just I want to see the team grow together instead of just kind of band-aiding 
the team somewhere it is. But again, I, if, if Opie's the one, I'm sure they'd help him. But again, is it long-term answers? I think I think that's the I think that's the key thing there is like the long term fact. So like if it's going to take us two three years to get where we're going to be turning turning pace and we're fight, you know we're going to be contenders again. I mean, is Hopi in two two three years time going to be a leading goaltender? I don't think so. I think we need to try and find some kind of I don't know from where maybe Carey Price, but I think it needs to be younger. Because yeah. our long term is three years, four years to be really good, then we need a goalie that in four years is going to be really good. Not necessarily a goalie that's at the top of his game now or, or even coming down the other end of his peak of his career. Because I think that in three years' time, we'll have a, another situation where maybe we have a good team, but then poor, poor, poor goaltending. You know, signing Brain Holby is great, but one thing of the San Jose Sharks team is, you know, we got Martin Jones' contract on the books. So that's going to be a tough guy to move. We all know that you might have to take back salary uh, to even move a guy like Martin Jones. And, you know, with guys like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, they take up a decent chunk of the cap. So I just don't know if it's even possible to sign a goaltender like that, even though, you know, I think we'd all love to add, add another goaltender to this team. It's just the cap situation has us in a tough spot. Would you want Staylock? What, what if you, what if you think if, if you didn't sign Jones, you had Staylock and Dell as your goaltenders, would you be happier with them? I mean, honestly, I, I might be because the thing with Martin Jones and especially, you know, with a younger coach coming in like Bob Bugner, I feel like he might feel like he has to play Martin Jones a little more because of his contract and his status. But I'd like to see a more even split. So maybe, you know, with a Staylock and Adele, it will be easier to have that 50-50 split moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes money is a big thing. So if you're getting paid more money, a lot more money, you feel like you should start him. But again, it's, I mean, both goaltenders have been inconsistent all year. And if you're going to rate one over the other, to me, when I see Dell play, at least he's looks like he's trying a little bit more. But I mean, again, Jones has bigger contract right now. And, and again, like you, like you guys said, it's, that's one hard contract to get rid of unless you're bringing on another goalie that has almost the same or maybe even more money, which right yeah. now is the younger, the younger goalies don't have that. Yeah, I definitely think that the the cap and the salary cap is something that we're going to be uh, tackling and talking about uh, throughout the summer as we go through this rebuild. Uh, we do have one last question for the mailbag. This one is at, from at Forever Kasai. Um, without thinking of you, who you'd have to give up to get them, which player would you most want to see in Teal? So forget about that salary cap. Well, hello, McDavid. Who, who, who wouldn't love Connor McDavid to come to the Sharks and, and watch him play? The dude's amazing. I'll take Matthews. I'll take Marner. I'll take you. Know, I mean, those players are so dynamic. I think uh, Math, Matthews would be a good one in, in, for the Sharks. Yeah. He'd suit that yeah. California life. Absolutely. He's from Arizona, so it's, it's yeah. close by. But, I mean, again, those guys, if I didn't, if I didn't have to give up much or who, doesn't matter, I'll take those players on my team any day. I think for me, what it comes down to is just a top center. I don't really care who it is, but I think you really need that top center to solidify a team. And I know Logan Couture is on the team, and he's a great player, but I don't know if he's at that elite status. And I think that's one piece that the San Jose Sharks team is missing. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ovi over with the Sharks. That'd be <laughs> so just, just, I don't know, see him ripping up for the Sharks, some slap shots. I don't know. It'd be fun to see yeah. <laughs> Ripping one-timers left and right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Awesome oh, yeah. right there. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the McLaren's mailbag for this week's folks. Um, so we do actually have our own poll question, Dylan. Do you want to run down what we have this week for our poll question? Yeah. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is essentially hand out awards uh, for the season. For, I mean, we're assuming that everything's done, kind of sealed up. So we're going to hand out top defensemen top forward, maybe even top goalie. That'll be quite the poll question. <laughs> but this week, we're going to stick with the top defenseman this season. Um, and again, you can find the poll question on our Twitter page at StickHungryPod. So top defenseman this season, we have four options. Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Radim Shimmick. Uh, those are the options. We had a lot of write-ins for Brendan Dillon, actually. And the reason why we didn't put Dillon on there was he didn't finish the season as a San Jose Shark, or else I would have put him up there. Um, but Thomas, what's, what's your initial thought here? Top defenseman of the season. Oh man, this is tough. And I really, I can't choose Burns or Carlson just because I feel like they haven't lived up. I mean, Burns, he started off well. He's had a decent like points type of year, but you know what? It's kind of crazy to say, but I would almost say Simic because the way he's kind of improved, I think he's looked good on the D end. I really do. I think he was part of that that power play D unit that was one of the, was the top in the league for a lot of the season. So I, I would go with uh, Simek on this one, surprisingly, which is crazy to think. <laughs> that is, that is crazy. The dude's got what, how many points? Two goals and seven assists and he's minus 13. Uh, you know what, I, I mean, the one that you should have kept on there is probably Dylan. I know he's uh, with Washington right now, but if you look at his stats when he played, it was one goal, 13 assists, but zero plus minus, and I hate the plus minus stats, but again, it gives you a point of, of goals for and goals against on the ice. I mean, Burns is minus what, minus 22, Carlson's minus 15. If I was going to pick off your list, uh, I mean, Chimic, yeah, he's solid when he plays. He can hit, he uh, compliments Burns so well that he allows Burns to go do his thing but it takes away from his own game because he's got to basically cover the whole ice. But if you're going offensive-wise, of course it's got to be Burns. He's got 45 points in 70 games. But you may be right. Is, is Shimmick overall is probably the best overall defenseman, I guess you could say. No point-wise or not playing defense, but he's steady. But if I was to tell you, I mean, I'd, I'd actually put Dylan in there as my top. If he was that fifth guy, because, he's, again, he's not on the team, I mean, he, is, he had a solid year, and they got rid of him, and they got something from him, which is what you want to do because his contract wasn't as big as Burns or Carlson. But, um, but I, mean, I may have to consider Shimmick as my number one overall, like just all-around defenseman. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about Shimmick? The, the people absolutely love this guy. I, I'd be tempted to say he's a fan favorite of the entire team. Uh, I don't know what it is about the guy, but the fans really love him. The results, though, are super close. Eric Carlson is at 25%, Brent Burns at 23%, Vlasic at 26 and Shimmick at 26 That's from 110 votes on Twitter. So very, very close poll this week. Wow. And if we'd have ran that at the start of the season, who do you think is going to be the top D-men at the end of the year? I guarantee none of us could sit here and say it was going to be Simic. No, I, I agree, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, a... I mean, he was, he's, he's, he's a good defenseman, but who would have thought he would be the overall best defenseman on the team? Just a sign of how, how, how poorly our, our season has gone, especially on the back end, I feel. 
So uh, are we ready to hand out the award? Are we going to give it to Radham? Is he taking the best defenseman for the San Jose Sharks this season? Uh, I, I think we're going to have to. Kyle, what do you think? I think so, too. For right now, unless they start playing up again and some players change the way they're playing, I think he could be the number one. There we go. There you have it, folks. Simek is the champion of, like, the postponed season. Yeah. <laughs> and it had, there's a couple of write-ins for Ferraro as well. I mean, honestly, this year, any defenseman that played for the Sharks, you can almost throw in the mix there because no one's really had a great year. Uh, you know, we were talking about Burns and Carlson before. I mean, and Thomas, we've talked about it so many times on the show. We've watched Brent Burns get undressed multiple times. We watched pretty lackluster defensive play from Eric Carlson. We all know they can run the power play and put pucks in the back of the net. But at the end of the day, especially with the goaltending that we have, we need some better defenders on the San Jose roster. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a key piece with moving forward. I think, you know, we need uh... – a. Well, I think we need in every department, which is a, a real sign of a rebuild. We need a goalie. We need, you know, our defense core doesn't look stable. Our offense, we're, we're missing. We're not getting the, the points that we should be. You know, we're, we didn't fill in Pavelski's hole. Um, it's going to be a, a long – I feel like it's going to be a long couple of, year, couple of years here. But uh, we'll get out the other end, and it'll be fun to see what kind of team we get. You hope these two draft boards, I hope these two signings help them out. Uh, for depth wise, and that's yeah. what I see with the Sharks is there's they may be a little top end heavy. But like you said is is they're missing a number one center. Logan's great. I love I love Logan Couture. I don't think he's that number one to lead this team moving forward. He could be a number two, he maybe even a number three. But again, it's for defense and goaltending. That's where it starts. If you can't defend, I mean, I love Burns. I mean, he's great offensively. Carlson the same way. But if you can't defend your own net, especially with the goaltending problems right now is they're going to lose games. They're going to lose games a lot. And until they correct those things and then get the depth up front, they're going to start scoring some more goals. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned those two young guys that they signed. You know, even if they don't make the San Jose Sharks next year, I hope they just push the competition at the lower end, right? We need these young guys to start fighting for jobs on this team. And I think that's really what's going to push us forward. I mean, depth means so much in an organization. Like you said, we're a pretty top-heavy team, but it's about filling in, you know, the bottom six roles. Uh, that's going to be really crucial for this team moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, um, there you go. Uh, so we have anything else to add on this week's episode before we wrap it up here? I think we're, uh, I think we're almost done. It's a beautiful day outside for me. I know you said it was raining there, Kyle, but... Uh, but yeah. Kyle, Kyle, you got me antsy. I'm just waiting for that new Tiger King episode now. I can't find <laughs> Kyle, actually, actually for either. I mean, it's going to come out. Either, it's either this week or next week. I just read about it. I'm like, oh my god, one more episode. I guess they're supposed to start filming it yesterday or today. But I think it's supposed to be next week. They're supposed to come out with it. Uh, Kyle, I, I Dylan mentioned that you might have uh, a story for us, though. Oh, which one? To get to uh, Dylan, what was it about? Uh, Pat Burns was involved along the way, I believe. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, you know, I love, I, love, I, love, I love I love Pat Burns as a coach. And I had my buddies, uh, that Stu uh, Kinnenberg on Twitter, him and another buddy of mine came to Boston. And we went out for uh, drinks one night, hanging by the, hanging out basically at a, a small little place called Dad's in Boston. And a lot of the Bruins players went there. And we never went out in the kind of general public. We just kind of sat in the kitchen, had our beers, and, and kept it normal. Well, my, one of my buddies, they just got in that day at sick. 
puking all over the floor. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, all right, time to go. Get in the car. I live downtown Boston. Uh, so get him home. He's puking in the bathroom. Night ends, right? Night ends. So I go into work the next day. Well, Boston media picked up that I was the one that was puking in the bar from drinking too much. And Pat Burns called me in there and basically reamed me a new one, kicked my buddies out of the locker room because back in the day, you would bring them in, you know, hang out with the guys. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there looking at Pat Burns and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't me. It was my buddy, but it got in the papers. And once the papers picked up on it, you mean the questions came out after that? And I'm like, oh my God, I just don't understand. Like, why? I mean, again, I was, I may have been underage. But again, is we were able to get in the place. So it was the, the bar. It was just kind of a local spot. But I was like, oh my God. You know I mean, I, I must have been 21. But again, it was just like a local hangout the Bruins used to go or the young ones used to go to. You know, you got to find out who, 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 uh, Leaked it to the press. It, it, this way, back in the day, there's a, there was a thing in the Boston Herald that if somebody heard about it, they contact that. There was two girls that did these like kind of like inside edition kind of things for the paper, and you couldn't go out as an athlete without getting caught somewhere. And it was oh my god! And somebody called Pat Burns and told him it was me that was puking, and I'm like oh my god, I gotta, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Because I was we had a game in two nights, and, and again back in the day I didn't drink. When I played, I didn't drink at all. And my buddies came from Canada; they wanted to go out, so I'm like, "All right, well, let's go here." But and it was uh, my buddy Kevin that was puking, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" They just got in like a couple hours ago, and we're going for dinner, and it could have been that and this. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So sitting in Burns' like coaching room the night the day before the next day, I was like, "Oh my god!" I am so embarrassed and then they get in the paper and I'm sure it's still in the paper somewhere, but I'm like, Oh my God, this sucks. So yeah, that's my story about Pat Burns. That's, that's <laughs> definitely a, an article to put up on the fridge. Eh? <laughs> as, as a young guy, I mean, was Pat Burns a pretty intimidating figure to deal with, especially, you know, when he's kind of ripped you into his office and he's screaming at you for puking for drinking too much the night before. Well, I'll have to say this is, is uh, for my coaches. He's, he's top three coaches I ever had to push me. It was, it was him uh, and uh, it was uh, LaPerriere. I don't know if you remember him. He was a coach for the Bruins, uh, defensive coach. Uh, Jacques LaPerriere played with Montreal Canadiens, coached with Montreal. Uh, he was our defensive coach. Those two guys pushed me and, and taught me so much about the game and how to treat the game and players. Uh, they're talking my top three besides some minor league coaches. But yeah, Pat, Pat Burns, I mean, he looked at you the wrong way. And he would just sit there, like, kind of cringing a little bit. But he was one of the most honest coaches I ever had. If you did something wrong, he'd tell you. If you did something right, he'd be right there to pat you on the back. And that's what I loved about him. And I still miss him to this day because I always passed away. Uh, but, I mean, again, he's, he's one of my best all-time coaches. Yeah, I mean, such a well-respected guy in the hockey community. And like you said, he – he passed away quite a few years ago and just uh, far too soon for a guy like that. But he, he definitely left his imprints on the hockey community. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, wow. What a story to end off the show. What an episode, <laughs> eh? Oh, 
Yeah, uh, you, we're, we're figuring out the Zoom stuff, but uh, we'll we'll get it going eventually. I mean, we didn't have anyone hijack our, our Zoom chat, so that's always a good thing, right? Yeah, seriously. I guess that's the first I, one, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of hiccups, but what can, can be expected with all this quarantine stuff going along the way, right? So, I mean, if you ask producer T to read out his Twitter handle, you know there's going to be a couple of hiccups. So it's too oh, Nine times out of ten, it's going to be wrong. I, you know, just, just a fact. <laughs> Uh, on that, remember that you can follow the show on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. Let's see if I can get mine right. You can follow myself at producer underscore T E E. How are you? You nailed it. Dylan, how about you? You can follow myself at D Y L underscore T H P N. And Kyle, where can the fans find you on Twitter? It is McLaren underscore K. Look at oh. that. Three for three. We're getting the of it, boys. I think we're going to head to the top now. There we go. We're getting there. You can also follow the podcast network at HockeyPodNet. There you go, folks. We'll see you next week.